It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello, Flyers fans, and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I am Steve Jacob. This is Craig Forsythe, and we're about to take a look at the Philadelphia Flyers week ahead for the week of November 25th, or as many of you might be thinking of it, Thanksgiving week. I guess I should should Doc Emmerich that one where it's like, many people in the United States of America think of this as Turkey Week, a.k.a. Thanksgiving, or when the Pilgrims and Indians had a bad time. <laughs> How are you, Craig? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, ready to talk about hockey, not focused on any other sports. Nothing else happened today. I don't even know if the NFL happened today, so we're just going to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> Just get it out of our heads, and we'll just uh, talk about this promising hockey team that is uh, in line for what is hopefully a pretty solid week. But football has been canceled. It is just hockey. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what football is. It's, we got hockey, and we got uh, we got an underwhelming basketball team, I believe, at the moment. <laughs> but uh, we'll make it through, and we'll uh, push hey, through. And, the Sixers, uh, the Sixers won big on Saturday. I did see that actually. I did see they. Beat the crap out of the heat. Yeah, it beat the heat. Nice hashtag, beat the heat. Beat the uh, heat. And then, uh, and then nothing happened today, and here we are. We're just talking about the Flyers. Just talking yeah. about the Flyers, and and speaking of those Flyers, your Flyers currently sit at eleven seven and five minus one goal differential, and in the second wild card spot. Not that that's quite relevant yet, but it's it's almost relevant. Well, I will say. The, uh, you ever hear the whole thing about where a team stands at uh, Thanksgiving? Is usually the teams that make the playoffs. Ever since they kind of changed the, uh, or ever since I think the full season lockout, it's been uh, only a handful of teams have made the postseason if they're outside the playoff picture by Thanksgiving. It's because, an old wives' tale. Yeah, yeah, I think it is slowly becoming an old wives' tale. So, but uh, yeah, I mean. The fires are right there, so they should. No, no excuse yet. We'll see if injuries happen, but they. I'm expecting playoffs, but yeah, uh, 11, 7, and 5, 1, 2, and 3 in their last six, which is an interesting record. Five out of 12 points. 17th in goals per game, ninth in goals against per game, uh, 13th with the uh, 20 power play percentage, and then tied for fifth with a 85.5 penalty kill percentage. So, I mean, special teams are all right. Power play. Uh, I mean, they did score on. Thursday, I believe. And then the PK, of course, we've talked about has looked a lot better. And uh, I'm just goals are kind of becoming a cern, concern uh, that hopefully won't be as big a concern going forward since forward check and Hayes just scored. Uh, and then driving play, they are 10th in uh, shot attempts for percentage with a 51.29 and 17th in expected goals for percentage. So not expected goals for percentage has dropped a little bit, uh, not too. Uh, not too happy about that, especially the defensive side of that. They're 20th now and expected goals against for 60, which they were a little bit higher before uh, uh, going into last week, uh, still limiting the amount of uh, shot attempts against. But overall, uh, you know, middle of the road team at the moment and uh, up, a lot of ups and downs. Don't really know what to expect out of them uh, going into each game. So uh, uh, let's go ahead and try and predict what's going to happen to them in each game right here. Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> Craig, you're telling me that the Philadelphia Flyers are a mediocre middle of the road team? 
I mean, it's hard to believe, I know. And, and that, one more thing on there, they just lost a shootout game. Do you believe that at all? Have the Flyers ever? I don't know. If the <laughs> there was there was a, a brief period uh, two weeks ago where they, they were half decent at shootouts. And I didn't believe it. And guess what? There was a reason. Yeah, you no. shouldn't have believed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, two weeks there, or uh, a little span there where it felt like things were coming up Millhouse. And then all of a sudden it just all comes crumbling down. So uh, hopefully uh, they turn around tomorrow or today. Yeah, there, there's coming up Millhouse, and then there's actually like how Millhouse's life is. Yeah, is <laughs> yeah we're back true. on track with. Oh, uh, so t- tonight at home against the Canucks, uh, Canucks are third in the Pacific, uh, twelve eight and four plus nine goal differential. Honestly, they kind of look like they've looked like a better team than recent Canucks teams. So they kind of a little bit like the Western Conference version of the Flyers, but fourteenth uh, in goals per game, eighth in goals against per game. Fourth-ranked power play at the moment, and ninth-ranked PK. So tomorrow's matchup of their power play against the Flyers' PK will be a big test. Uh, they are ninth uh, in terms of driving play, and they're ninth in expected goals for percentage. So top-ten team in terms of controlling play and getting quality chances. Uh, not coming off a of back-to-back, and their only big injuries are they could be without Jay Beagle and Alex Edler. I was looking for updates. I couldn't quite see if they're going to play or not. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, this should be, I think this should be the toughest game of the week for the Flyers. Uh, and luckily, they are home this time. Played them pretty tough out in Vancouver. A uh, couple deflection goals got past Carter Hart, so maybe the Flyers clear the crease a little bit better and help them out. And should be another, I would assume, kind of a low-scoring game that might drag past regulation again. But, uh, Steve, how you how you feeling about tonight's game? Or tomorrow's game, I should say. Yeah, whenever, you know, they'll be <laughs> listening to it tonight, but uh, I don't know. The Canucks are always an odd team to face, and yeah, really it's are. it's made more annoying by Pedersen's success, Elias Pedersen, who, yeah. you know, drafted right after Nolan Patrick, and Nolan Patrick's had his, his well-documented issues at this point, or I guess not so documented, depending on the perspective, <laughs> but it's... It's frustrating to to have that there because I think we were, we all thought we were going to get it with Nico Heischer and Nico Heischer really has just been okay. You know, he has not been the dynamo that I think a lot of people were expecting, but Pedersen has been great and he's a guy to watch out for on that team for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to do the whole looking back at the 2017 draft quite yet, but yeah, you're right. Nico Heischer was the one is Nico or Patrick and Nico Heischer's looked like decent, but then three, four, and five. Three was Heiskanen, Mira Heiskanen, who's looking like he's going to be, uh, I mean, on the Dallas Blue Line forever. Cal McCarr, who I think is probably working his way towards some Calder talk this year, and then Elias Patterson. Yeah, so that's, you know, you don't want to play the whole hindsight game yet with Nolan Patrick, but it kind of stings right now <laughs> at the moment. So hopefully he, uh, hopefully he gets healthy kind of soon. Uh, I did. The one thing I did want to say about the Canucks is uh, I want to laugh at Louis Erickson real quick because apparently he worked his way back into the lineup because Jay Beagle missed on Saturday. So if you're wondering how Louis Erickson's season's going, uh, was apparently scratched. Zero points in 13 games, and he still has two more years left with a six million cap hit. Once the uh, he was once the original Alexander Barkov, where he was the most underrated player in the league, if you asked any hockey fan, and obviously now he's back. He's past that point and uh, just wanted to make fun of Louis Erickson. You're right, though. Canucks games usually are weird. 
And like, I think I remember looking at stuff for the return flight last year. The Flyers have had a couple just obnoxious blowouts against the Canucks like years ago. Do you remember those? Uh, they had the one eight to two win where Jesse Bullaries murdered. Um, I forget who it was in front, but he just sucker punched. I think it was Ryan Kessler. That was like back in 2008. And then they had a eight oh shutout back in like 99 where Gino Ochik uh, pretty much went on a rampage and should have been arrested at the end of the game. That's a name right there. Gino Ojic. Woo. Gino Ojic, yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think they should, I think this is going to be the toughest game this week. It should be uh, low scoring. They're probably going to have to lean on Carter Hart. I hope they're going with Carter Hart. I don't know. I don't know why they would put, why AV would go with Elliot here, but uh think AV works. Big Al works in mysterious ways. Yeah. He, yep. That's what the U2 song was about. So, um, <laughs> He, I'm, I'm thinking this one is probably a loss. I'll put that out there, but we'll move on. Uh, yeah, never, yeah, you never know. Uh, but it, I think, I think it'll be. I don't know. This kind of feels like a, a close game, but who knows? And uh, of course, we all have the Canucks to thank for Hack's final game last year. That is true. With where Oscar Lindblom was scratched, I believe. Uh, <laughs> one, one other thing I want to talk about with Vancouver real quick, and and along with Patterson, they have Quinn Hughes, and they also have. The Horvat and Brock Besser, they have a lot of good young players. But when uh, looking at the heat maps on HockeyViz, a pretty useful site if you want to dig a little deeper in the advanced stats. They have really good visuals, so HockeyViz.com. But if you go there, uh, Mika's done a pretty good job of laying out uh, five-on-five heat maps for where teams generate most of their shots or where they kind of lack behind the league average. So when you look at Vancouver's heat maps, uh, they do a pretty good job of getting to the crease for their chances and do a pretty good job of getting to the net, but they also give up more uh, net mouth chances than league average. Uh, and they also, on offense, they take a lot of shots from the left point, and I think that's due to Quinn Hughes back there. So a little bit of gameplay to look forward to with those two teams. Um, and then moving on to Wednesday against the Blue Jackets. I mean, the Blue Jackets suck so that should be a win there's no i mean uh 27th in the nhl they're 994 minus 15 goal differential 27th in goals per game 21st in goals against per game 12th ranked power play but again the flyers pk is doing pretty good so if that's the strength of your team and the only strength i don't know if that's going to go well 20th ranked penalty kill uh 20th in terms of shot attempts four percentage and then seventh in expected goals four percentage so the you know, they're looking pretty good in terms of expected goals for percentage, but when you break that down a little bit further, they're 19th in terms of uh, generating, generating expected goals for. So a little bit stingy defensively, but they're probably not going to threaten too much offensively. Uh, and again, looking at the heat maps for this, going into expected goals for thing, uh, the Blue Jackets don't get a lot of offense near the net, and they also don't allow a lot of offense near the net. So hopefully the, the Flyers find... Uh, find a little bit of action near the net and also in the slot too. I mean, they should beat the Blue Jackets, honestly. There's no reason. This isn't there's this isn't a trap game. There's no schedule quirks. They they should just beat the Blue Jackets in Columbus on Wednesday. I am Craig, Craig, my question for you is, given all the high-profile player departures from the Columbus Blue Jackets in the offseason, who the hell even is on the <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets now? Well, they still have Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. Uh Still laugh at Corpus Allo. Uh, uh, Mike Quist is there now. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Josh Anderson's a pain in the ass. He's a Tom Wilson light who could make the game interesting. Uh, so that's who's there. I mean, besides that, uh, I 
I think they sent Tessier down, Alexander Tessier. It was a guy that was drafted in 2015 that I used to, I talked about him here like a while back, but he was doing all right earlier this year. Uh, I, you know, not too many people and the record shows that. So, uh, not too many people and the record shows that. Yeah. I mean, nobody, no big names. So I, I have to wonder at this point, I I'm shocked that Torts has made it this long with the blue jackets. Have you heard anything about him being on the hot seat or is it just kind of universally understood that due to the lack of talent, this is to be expected? Yeah, I I think it's kind of to be expected. And also I think he gets, I know he's been there for a little bit of time, but I think he might get a little bit, uh, a little bit of an extended stay because he did, he did help them just win their first playoff series in franchise history with probably the lowest chances of winning a playoff series. And then, Every, like everybody knows that they lost Panarin, Bob, and Duchesne this offseason. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to put it on on Tortorella. But I guess maybe at the end of the year they might let him go. Not really like a firing, but just kind of going in a different direction. Or not – there would be firing him, but not necessarily because of what happened this year, just because they're going in a different direction. His voice has kind of been there for a while. But I haven't really heard a lot of Tortorella buzz. But, again, I'm not on Twitter all the time, so I'm not – I guess the the only reason I brought that up was just because you mentioned how bad they're doing and the Maple Leafs just let go of Mike Babcock, which I I'm uh, still yeah. I'm still shocked about. Yeah, I mean they could do that. I mean they could make that move, but honestly, I I, I mean it's I, essentially I, it's essentially you're looking at him going, well, you know, look what he's got to work with. Come on, come on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and honestly, Babcock. I feel like Babcock now is an example of a guy who may have just had a lot of talent, a ton of talent in his previous places that he coached. And uh, again, I'm talking about how the Blue Jackets just lost all this talent. So I don't know if I would really just go out and you know hire Babcock now. But did you? There's some stuff's coming out on Babcock now about some of the uh, stuff he did. I saw he did something. He asked a rookie in 2016-17 to list the players on the team he felt like weren't uh, working that hard. And then the rookie did it because he didn't want to get in trouble with the coach. And then the coach went to those players and said that somebody else like was calling them lazy. So I, I don't know if the Blue Jacks want to bring that in there, especially after how he looked towards the end of the uh, time in Toronto. But Oh, I, I wasn't, by the way, insinuating that they were bringing Babcock in. I was just saying. Oh, anybody. Considering, yeah, I was just consider, saying considering that firing. Oh, okay, maybe yeah, I got you. I mean, yeah, they probably do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. It's not It's not an issue that's being brought up. Nobody's really thinking about it, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. Who, I, nobody's really thinking about the Blue Jackets in, in his That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I forgot. Well, I, again, I it is. There. It is one of the great mysteries of the NHL why they have a franchise in the city of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's a question we're probably all gonna, you know, ask until they move to Quebec or wherever. So like, it'll be Cleveland's right there. Uh, Cleveland, uh, I, there's got to be other Cincinnati. I think is another real city in Ohio. You know, you don't have debatable. I mean, they got Chile. Yeah, and they technically have a football team, but you also don't, you know, you don't need to put a team in Ohio. I just want to put that out there, you know. True. Yeah, you know, I don't. They could have gone anywhere else, they, but uh, we are we're losing a lot of a lot of key listeners right now. A lot of Blue Jackets fans. <laughs> yeah, Jackets Jackets Nation is coming after us, and it's 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 something. Well, moving on from one sad sack franchise to a formerly great, now sad sack franchise. 
let's take a look at Black Friday's matchup with the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, let's dunk on these buttholes. Uh, The Red Wings are 31st in the league, 7-15-3, minus 37 goal differential. 31st in goals per game, 31st in goals against per game. So I'm going to repeat that. They're dead last in terms of point total. So they're the worst team in the league in in the standings. They score the least amount of goals per game, and they allow the most amount of goals per game. So that right there should tell you that Friday should be a win. There's no excuse, honestly. I don't even care what would happen on the ice. There's really no reason to lose this team. Go further than that, 25th ranked power play, 28th ranked penalty kill, and then their 5-on-5 numbers are their 24th in Corsi 4 percentage and 23rd in expected goals 4 percentage. So they're in the bottom the, the bottom 10 of the league in terms of driving play. They have horrible special teams, and they're obviously not figuring out a way around that. So uh, on top of that, it's the first game of back-to-back for Detroit where they then have to travel to back to Detroit to host the Caps on Saturday. So ideally, the Flyers would be playing um, Jonathan Bernier instead of Jimmy Howard. And then it's also their second game in a three and four for Detroit. And they're going to be without, it looks like they're going to be without Anthony Mantha, who scored uh, 25 goals from last year and has 12 goals so far this season. So everything is breaking for the Flyers. And it looked like that, uh, it looked like things were going to break from when they played the Senators last week and it became a trap game. I don't think they're going to be overlooking the Red Wings for the Canadians. I really don't. There's, you can see why they will overlook the Senators for the Islanders. The Canadians are not really a, a team you should overlook somebody else for. I don't think there's no reason they should lose this game on Friday. Um, they should be driving play. They should be getting the majority of the chances. And Hart, or uh, you could probably throw, I think Brian Elliott should start this game too. There's no reason why Elliott should blow this game for the Flyers. Well, you say that now. I say that now. And Elliott hasn't been bad. I mean, it hasn't been bad. He's. Yet. I think he's been pretty much what you expect. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like he comes in and, uh, well, he's moose. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like, it looks like, uh, AV is going to handle, handle him correctly where he's not going to overuse him like Hacksaw and potentially get him hurt. So as long as he's healthy and he's playing like this, there's no, there's no issue with Brian Elliott and he should, I think I'd start him on this game and this game instead of the next day, uh, in Montreal. Would you, you thinking the same thing or no? Uh, yeah, I think I would think that Montreal's definitely got more dangerous offensive talent yeah. than the Red Wings at this point. I, I mean, who again, the Red Wings, much like the Blue Jackets, like who the hell is even on the Red Wings these days? It's a far cry from the Datsuk days or the the Iserman days. Yeah, yeah, it really. Is. Uh, and I know uh, Larkin, Athanasiu and Purdue. Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi, were a pretty good line last year, and I think they've been pretty good this year. But really, outside of that, um, yeah. I, I mean, outside of that, they also have Mantha, but it sounds like he he could be out for Friday. Uh, it, I think Blashill said it was – head coach Jeff Blashill, the Red Wings, said it was going, he was going to miss some time, and he said that today. So who knows if five days is some time to Jeff Blashill, but we'll find out. Uh, I mean, really, there's not – there's not much there uh, ever since they missed the postseason. They've kind of been a, a wreck uh, the last couple of seasons. And this is uh this, yeah, this is what to be expected by them. <laughs> Hopefully Steve Eisman starts getting the work up there too. Cause he, uh, 
I really wonder what he's going to do in this offseason because this is the first that's going to be his first time to actually get his hands into the team and start acquiring prospects and getting rid of some of the old shitty contracts. So they're one of those teams like the Kings that we always make fun of because they're just in a horrible cap situation. Yeah, like and, if he could buy out everybody's roster, like he's going to force a lockout just so he gets <laughs> compliance buyouts to get out of this hole. At the next GM meeting, he's like, "Yeah, look, I'm I'm not I'm not doing this. So I'm going to force a lockout until the Red Wings actually get real players." I'm out. <laughs> uh, but I will have fun beating them on, or hopefully have fun beating them on Friday because it's the uh, the Red Wings, and I still have Darren McCarty putting a power move past Yanni Ninema stuck in my head, and we are however many years later. So Listen, people that... people are going to be still full of Thanksgiving leftovers. They're going to be tired from Thanksgiving, all right? They're going to have partied themselves out, eating that turkey, drinking that beer, watching that football. So they, they're not going to want a struggle against the Red Wings. We want a nice, easy blowout. And also, this Montreal game is probably not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, they've been pretty good. They've, they're around the same level as Flyers, a little better. Uh, not necessarily a powerhouse, but they're definitely not a team you can write off. And it's, it's, it should be a tough matchup. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it should it should have the same game script that happened the first time they played, where it's just a high-end game. A lot of shot attempts for each team, some end-to-end action, a lot of quality scoring chances. And uh, the Canadians do pretty good in that facet of the game. They're eighth in goals per game. Uh, they are – power play is not great, and the PK is not great. 17th power play – 17th ranked power play, 25th ranked penalty kill, but Second in terms of uh, driving play with uh, 53.71 shot attempts, four percentage. And then they're 10th in expected goals, four percentage. And both of those numbers for them are mainly due to their ability to generate chances rather than limit chances. But even in terms of limiting chances, they're still 12th in uh, shot attempts against per 60 and 10th in expected goals against per 60. So in terms of metrics, Canadians are going to be a pretty tough team. Or it should be the game flow should be the Canadians are going to kind of take it to the Flyers. But the Flyers, I, I think the Flyers can hang with them. It should just be trading chances, and then whoever comes out with more saves between Hart and Price should should help their team win. And who are the big guns to watch out for in the Canadians? Who are the guys we should be really worried about? Oh, well, the one guy that was doing all right that is out now is Jonathan Drewin, uh, who just had recently had wrist surgery. 15 points in 19 games, uh, and he had seven goals, so that's going to be a a pretty big loss for them. Uh, offensively, I mean, I'm not really quite sure outside of that. Uh, they, I think, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. See, see, I don't know. I mean, Paul, Paul Byron's also out. I had the interest out. <laughs> I don't know who's really been generating offense for him. I don't know. There's no way to tell. <laughs> yeah, no. No possible way. <laughs> yeah, I'll pull it up right now. They, because uh, I was just looking at it too. Druin was one of their top goal scorers. Um, yeah, Druin. After he's been pretty good up there. I think they might have been expecting a little bit more of a superstar, but I wouldn't yeah. say he's, he's been bad by any means up there. Uh, I mean, the deal's worked out pretty well for both teams because Sergachev's been good for the Lightning. Although the Lightning not having necessarily a very good year, but thankfully no. we don't have to play them this week because God knows the Lightning would find their way back into. Uh, contention by playing the Flyers and rejuvenating themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Still looking for the. Uh, get him here. Ah, no worries, no worries. Uh, yeah, and Montreal. I mean, 
the last few years, it really just seems like, I mean, really, just uh, almost the last decade at this point, the whole strategy is let's rely on Carey Price to bail our asses out. Yeah, and I, I, they've had, like, Jeff Petrie's good on defense, and they've uh, and Shea Weber had a good year last year, and I think he's doing all right this year. Um, well, I mean, I can tell you that. I think they probably generate a lot of uh, chances from defense, or they kind of had a little bit of the Dave Haxtell uh, generate chances from the point kind of idea, because when you look at the heat maps on HockeyViz, they generate a lot of chances from both the left and right point on top uh, above the circles, and then they allow a lot of shots from the point on defense. So they're not really giving teams uh, many chances from the top of the circles in, and it looks like they're kind of leaning into uh, the talent they have on the blue line that kind of generate offensive chances. So that's what I got. Uh, let's see who... Uh, People, people are scoring for the Canadians. That's what I got. This is a that's people that's are scoring for the Canadians. Yeah. What you this is hard hitting analysis. So that's that's what I got on the Canadians. I'll, I'll tell you who they got on on Tuesday when we do fly verbally. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I really don't watch a lot of the Canadians this year. I watched the one game earlier this year, and that's about uh, our Terry Lekkanainen has done fine, uh, and then I think Kaka Niemi is having kind of a hard year. Uh, I was looking at a couple of numbers earlier and I thought he was uh, he's not really doing too good in terms of how well he's driving play to his teammates. But outside of that, I can't really tell you much about the Canadians at the moment. To be okay. Honest. Maybe I should have looked up the stats. On that one. <laughs> good Lord. Do you, do you want me to look up right now and go back? I, no, I'm, I'm going to look them up. All right. You don't, we're not going back. We're not going back <laughs> but right now. Tom, Thomas Tatar is their oh, yeah, Thomas Tarr, yeah, fuck. He's got 20 points. Shea Weber is their second leading scorer with 18 points. Shea Weber, former Flyer Shea Weber. So there you go. Maybe that's why I, I don't know who's scoring up there, because Thomas Tatar, though, yeah, I should have known that one, because he's had bonkers numbers ever since he left Vegas, and he's one of their best forwards. Um, and and Brendan Gallagher's their, their goal-scoring threat. Yeah, Brendan Gallagher, too. The, he's one of the best. He's one of the best net front presences presences in the league despite being like four foot five um and then i mean uh who, who else is even up there <laughs> i mean i know those I mean, two those, those are the they're big all small, yeah they're all top, forward, they got max domi up there who's okay yeah yes yeah and the other guy i see listed up here is uh philip deno okay philip deno is pretty good too i mean he's Philip Deneau is one of those guys, too, that is just – he is a fine top-six center, but I feel like the Canadians need another – like, he's a line too high. They need to go out and get a, a top-ranked center, like a top-six right. center. They, they seem to just have a lot of, like, pretty good guys, but n- yeah. nobody that's really going to be a dynamic game-changer. The, the closest yeah. they have to that might be talent-wise Druin, but he just yeah. – he just does not reach that point in his career. No. Yeah, he's not – he, I mean, he was, uh, he looked good in Tampa, and then I was, he was looking pretty fine this year, and then I think the wrist injury might, might knock him off. But the, so with Drew and Paul Byron out, who recently just had knee surgery as well, uh, it looks like our, our good old friend Jordan Wheel and Jar- Charles Houdon have been getting a lot of ice time. Uh, Ooh, friend the of the show, game. Jordan Wheel. Friend of the show, friend of, uh, friend of your writing, Jordan Wheel. Yeah. Personal <laughs> friend. Personal friend. Yeah. Friend so of, hopefully. I'm friends with his aunt. <laughs> hopefully i mean hopefully this time too we see more phil myers just clearing out brennan gallagher from in front of the net that was one of his uh highlights the first time they played so yeah. i'm not uh, it, 
the Canadians, yeah, again, it's just going to be a lot of chances both ways. And as long as they, as long as they just don't let Gallagher kind of create having in front of the net, I think they should be fine. Um, but it should be, I would probably say this is the second toughest game this week. The other two, there's no reason they should lose to the Blue Jackets or Red Wings. I really don't care where they're playing or how the two teams are going into it. There's not, there's not the excuses of the back-to-backs um, or anything like that. Oh, by the way, the Canadians, by the way, they play the first game of back-to-back on Saturday where they play in Montreal, and then they need to travel to Boston to play the Bruins on Sunday. So, again, the, the Flyers shouldn't even be seeing Carey Price. They should be seeing uh, Anthony Niemi. Oh, that would be wonderful. And it would be – this is the first time all year that the schedule seems to be working out in the Flyers' favor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like they are finally getting some um, – like they've had uh, the, the situations where, like, they were playing the Penguins and it was the Penguins one day and, like, one game in five days. They're not running into any situations like that and starting to come back their way. Yeah. So they should be starting to beat up on a couple more banged-up teams here. But um, – We'll see what I mean. We'll see what happens. I I don't want to. I always put out a vibe for how I'm feeling the week's gonna go, and then it always goes <laughs> drastically different. So yeah, I will. All I'm gonna say as far as how this week should go is I feel like this is a great opportunity for the Flyers to make up some ground and collect six points. Uh, I would be very disappointed if they don't come away with a minimum of four, but I would really like to see them get six plus this week. Yeah. Also, it's Keith and Kate, not Anthony Niemi. I don't know anything about the Canadians. You guys are learning that right now. There you go. <laughs> you don't know anything, and you really just have a disdain towards learning anything of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on with the Canadians. I can't get my head around the Canadians, apparently. So you know, I remember Keith and Kate going there last year after he was traded to the Blue Jackets now, too. <laughs> so. Craig just doesn't want to learn French. It's that simple. Uh, he, I mean, I'll go that far. I'll say that. So. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. I got, I got the, I still got the Eagles game in my brain. I think that's pretty much it too. Oh, so you're just gonna play. I'll use that. I'll use that excuse for why I did not know anybody in the Canadians top six or fucking Keith Kincaid. So sure. And And I'll forgot to do the uh, the goalie stats for for this week. But uh, a little inside baseball. There you go. It's fine. It's it's almost Thanksgiving. You got turkey on the brain. I I get it. I understand. (laughs) All right. So. Looking at uh, players of the week here. So last week we we both struck out. You went with Tyler Pitlick. Yeah. And I think yeah. we kind of expected uh, a strikeout on that one. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the small victory for Tyler Pitlick is he had two games where he had a uh, double digit ice time. Oh, so, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Great. <laughs> great. Uh, I picked Oski Boy, Oscar Lindblom, and he didn't do much. So yeah, I'm blaming Jake Voracek for that one. Yeah, oh yeah, may as well. <laughs> it's always easy to blame Jake, so I was doing it last week. Yeah, and I've been blocked. But I, my, I'm upset that my Tyler Pitt like uh, reverse pick didn't work at all. I can't believe it didn't muster at least like a secondary assist. At least you didn't pick Gostisbehere. Oh yeah, that is true. That would have been that was some bad news. I'm also not picking Gostisbehere this week. Yes, I, um, who, who are you picking this week? I'm going with the captain. I'm saying Claude, Claude Drew is going to have some goals this week. Uh, I think he's going to. Just keep creating some magic with Morgan Frost. Hopefully get back to what they had a little bit earlier in the week. And uh, get some points. That's my guess, is Claude Giroux. So hopefully this is the week that my predictions stop going the opposite way. And <laughs> MG goes off. Frosty <laughs> G Frosty G, and the Jerk Store have just uh, been incredible since they were put together. Yeah. Uh, that would be Morgan Frost, Claude Giroux, and Travis Konechny, who I like to call the Jerk Store, a little inside baseball there. But 
Uh, yeah, a lot of info baseball going on there. Oh, a lot of it, a lot of it. That's what we do. We love inside pitches. And I think we're getting off track. <laughs> You're going with Claude Giroux. I am going with the other big Flyers gun, uh, the man wearing the A, Sean Couturier. And oh, that rhymed. It did rhyme. I didn't even. I wasn't even intending for that to happen while I was saying it, and then it, it just happened. So, wow. Wow. But, You're a poet, and you you apparently didn't know it. Apparently did not there you know. Go. But I, every, yeah. I mean, Coots is Coots. He, he's always playing well. He got a lot of shots in the Flames game. So I, I think he's going to start potting some soon. I'm excited about how Coots is playing. And I think he's going to start having it show up on the scoreboard this week. Yeah. I mean, it's, Coots is a pretty good pick, too. Because uh, he does, like you just said, he, he always is getting chances. So if he goes a little bit of time without getting some points or goals. It's a, uh, it's a pretty safe bet to guess who's going to bounce back. So I, th- I, I think Katori is going to have a big week. I'm just hoping G uh, puts a couple home because uh, I, I need, I need something right in the prediction game here. I'm like, <laughs> I just need one of these bad boys to break. Yeah. I've at least gotten half credit the past uh, couple weeks before. The <laughs> yeah. I have. Uh, yeah. Coots had nine shots on goal in the, in the flames game. Somehow didn't pot one, but when you're getting nine shots, you're doing something yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's throwing it to the net at least, which is, I mean, yeah, the Flyers got to generate more offense one way or another. So just yeah. keep getting with the Couturier. Couturier and Drew. Yeah, can't go wrong with the big guns, but that's all we got on the uh, the preview this week, the forecast. So thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place to give it to us is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. And are you working on anything for Broad Street Hockey this week, Craig? Yeah, I was going to try to get out something by Wednesday. Uh, I have a couple ideas in mind. I'm not sure which one I'm going to pick. So I'll have, hopefully I have something out by Tuesday or Wednesday. And then maybe something for Black Friday, but probably just more stuff next week. So look for look for an article on Tuesday or Wednesday and then expect uh, flights on Wednesday. Yes, flights on Wednesday and... You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb, but make it Flyperbole. And yeah, we had we had Flips Wednesday, and last week we had the the forecast. We had a Flyperbole episode, and we were on BSH Radio, so we've okay. had a lot of uh, tangy podcast tent for y'all. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, 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 a lot going on, and I uh, hopefully people are enjoying it. But it was a, a good time with Bill and Charlie on BSH Radio, so highly recommend you listen to all of our great podcasts. We've got BSH Radio. Fly Purpley, Flyers Forecast, uh, BSH Brief, checking out the competition, and Bill's post games. So lots of good content. And a quick plug for our party coming up in about a month, actually less than a month at this point, December 21st at the Fieldhouse. We are going to have the Broad Street Hockey Festivus party. It's going to be a Flyers-Senators game. It's going to be a damn good time. So please come on out and enjoy yourself with some drink specials and meet the gang and yeah it's just gonna be a great time yeah i'm pretty excited for that coming up on it not too too far away not too too far away it's gonna sneak up on you yeah i'm also still looking forward to uh thanksgiving first yes yes i i will very much enjoy that even though i'm working a bunch this week uh (laughs) is what it is i'm here woohoo anyway that's all we got but make sure you listen to all that all that great content we're putting out there. And again, fly purpley, Estee bomb sports are bad. BSH radio, broad street hockey, follow all that stuff. Subscribe rate, like us on Facebook, 
find some other social media I've never heard of. Are we on TikTok? I don't know. There's no way to know because I'm old and I, I don't know what a TikTok is. Vine, Friendster, find us on MySpace, all this. You'll, you'll see us. Yeah, yeah. We've got that custom Coots tooth gap background going <laughs> on our MySpace. All right, guys, that's all we got. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey.